He knew he was different. In the schoolyard, boys had pointed it out bluntly by calling him a bastard. Alexandra stepped closer to Jeremy, bending over him. The tool trim on her wide hat brushed his head as she hugged and kissed him, and the scent of her perfume stirred his vague recollections of the several times she had visited, when he had been too young to remember clearly. "'It's always such a joy to see you, my dear,' she told him. "'And each time I do, I'm astonished by how you've grown.' She turned to her husband. "'Jeremy's very large and husky for his eight years, isn't he, David?' "'Indeed he is,' the man agreed. "'He's a fine, handsome lad.' Jeremy tried to smile, but he was uneasy about them and wondered why they were there. Then, as he noticed what was beside the front door, his fear exploded into panic. He wanted to run to the ironbark tree in the garden and climb to the top of it, but he was unable to move. A bundle containing his clothes and other things was beside the door. Like the furnishings, he was being taken away. His mother was giving him to the man and woman. Alexandra saw his reaction, her eyes conveying sympathy as she touched his face gently. Then she turned to his mother. Clatter, I know your torment must be more than any mortal should have to bear, she said. I earnestly wish that I had some way to lighten that burden. You have, Mistress Carrick, Clara assured her. My other children aren't situated to see to Jeremy— and I intended to write to you about him. This has worked out much better than I'd hoped. David and I thought we were coming to Sydney on business, but I realize now that God's hand was guiding us. I would have come post-haste in any event, if you had written. Attending to Jeremy will be a pleasure, not a duty. Isn't there anything else we can do? No, my only concern is my children, and now their future is bright. I haven't tried to explain it to the boy, which has been weak of me. No, it wasn't weakness, Clatter. You've shown great courage in this situation. At the appropriate time, I'll explain everything to Jeremy. As for what Morton did, it was the minimum fulfillment of an obligation. Many wouldn't have done it, though, Mistress Carrick. My mind is at peace about Benjamin, Agnes, and Daphne, and I'm most grateful to Sir Morton. Well... I see no need of delay. Her voice faded, ending the conversation, and Alexandra turned to her husband with a nod toward the bundle beside the door. The tall man stepped to the door and beckoned to someone waiting outside. A moment later, a coachman came in for the bundle and carried it out. As Jeremy turned to his mother to beg her to keep him, she bent over him and took him in her arms. "'Please don't give me away, mother,' he pleaded. "'Please keep me with you.' "'I can't keep you with me, my love,' she whispered brokenly, squeezing him tightly and kissing him. "'In time, you'll understand why.' "'Please, mother.' "'I can't, my love, I can't,' she told him, her voice breaking with a sob. "'Remember that you promised to be a staunch little man, so you mustn't cry.' Be a good boy and obey your grandparents. Her tears were damp against his face as she kissed him again. He tried to cling to her when she released him, but she took his arms from around her neck, kissing his hands. 
Then David Carrick effortlessly lifted the boy on one arm and stepped toward the door with him. Jeremy looked over the man's shoulder, reaching out toward his mother in a silent gesture of despair. She and Alexandra hugged each other, both of them weeping. Then the boy had his last glimpse of his mother as he was carried outside. Alexandra came out, her footsteps uncertain as she wiped at her eyes with her handkerchief, and the door closed behind her. A carriage waited at the end of the path. Taking his wife's arm with his free hand, David guided her down the path and helped her into the vehicle. He stepped inside and sat on the seat across from her, placing Jeremy beside him. Then the carriage moved away from the house and down the street. Jeremy was stunned, too bewildered to cry. What was happening seemed unreal to him, a nightmare from which he would presently awaken.